Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Luke chapter 2 today, verses 1 through 21. Verses 1 through 21. I've got a little lengthy scripture today reading the Christmas story. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. Verse 4. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn. firstborn. He was a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. And you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor shall rest. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in that manger. And when they had seen him, They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. And I just want to add one verse, Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. We started in this Christmas season last week talking and looking at the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet that has prophesied and had seen visions about some of the most vivid visions about the birth of Jesus Christ, the soon coming King. And he said that Jesus would be a sign unto us. We talked about last week. He would be a sign unto us. And a sign is not the final destination, but it just points us 
to the final destination. And the sign, he said, would also be a new form of government. Jesus was not born just to bring a new religion to the earth. No, but he was born to bring a new government to the earth. Amen. He was born not just to bring more religion, but he came to bring a new way of life and a new way of operating in every day. And it says, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son has been given. I want you to understand today that he bore his son to you so that he could have you. He bore his son to you. He gave his son to you because he wanted to actually have you. And we see yet again this biblical principle of sowing and reaping. I am, he says, I am sowing my son to you so that I can actually be with you. I am sowing my son for you so that I can reap you. You are the harvest and my son must come so you can understand this. And it wasn't just any child. It wasn't just any child, but he gave you a son so that you could experience what? This wonderful Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And it is so important to note that this story that we are listening to today, this story that we tell, this narrative and story that we tell this time of year that I just read, if you notice, this story does not start like many fairy tales that we hear about today, that we view in modern culture. No, this story, this, this, this story of a real-life king does not start out with once upon a time. No, it is it is by far not a fairy tale. It was not a make-believe story, but it was a will-make-you-believe-in-God moment. Amen? It was not a make-believe story, but it was a will-make-you-believe-in-God moment in history. Because for 400 years, there had been silence in heaven. There had been silence from God. There had been silence but as soon as this baby let out its first cry, the silence was broken and a new chapter started on earth. And what was a prophecy by Isaiah was now a reality to everyone. And what was once just a dream was now visible to the very human eye born by anyone who wanted to see him. And this story does not start with once upon a time but it starts with it came to pass. See once upon a time prepares you to use your imagination once upon a time prepares you that this, this really is not real but, but it came to pass prepares you for the truth. It prepares you for accurate information. It prepares you for proof in the pudding. It prepares you when it came to pass it prepares you to receive factual evidence that is about to be displayed. And so many times the enemy will start whispering once upon a time things in our ear. Once upon a time nobody cared for you. Once upon a time your parents did not even want you. Once upon a time you are worth nothing better than where you are right now. But that is when the children of God must rise up and respond with but it came to pass. You formed a weapon but it did not prosper. It came to pass. 
Christ. Respond with the evidence. Respond with the facts that greater is he that is within me than he that is within this world. Once upon a time, I may have looked like a failure, but I've been through some stuff and God has proven himself to me time and time again. And although you have formed weapons, it came to pass. Guess what? They did not prosper against me. It came to pass. So now that we understand that this story is not a fairy tale, but it is reality, it is real, it is one written, it, it, it was not one that was simply written for the joys of entertainment, but it was produced by the makers of the heaven and earth. This story was orchestrated by the one that spoke things into being. It was authored by the one that opened up the womb of the 90-year-old Sarah and caused her to give birth to a nation. It was constructed by the one that shut the mouth of lions. It was put into action by the one who parted the Red Sea. It was directed by the one that commanded the whale to release Jonah. It was arranged by the one that rained down manna from heaven. So now that we have established that this story is real and it is true, and unto us a child has been born now I sure would hate to be like the innkeeper in the story and not make room for such a miracle as this mm. I sure would hate for the church to be filled with so many events but yet not have room for the miracle such as this I sure would hate for a nation to be filled with perspectives and political agendas and religion and tradition and miss a miracle such as Emmanuel. God is with us. But for years, as generations tried to keep Christ the center of it, there are generations that have tried to eliminate room for Jesus Christ. And we are watching now as generations try to eliminate room for Jesus Christ. We are watching rooms being emptied in modern day culture. In this time of the story, modern culture has said there's no room for him. And culture continues to squeeze him out of all the rooms of our lives. Rooms that really need him. Even in 1963, guess what? The courts, the courtrooms decided he can no longer be in the classroom. So they squeezed him out. Not only has he been squeezed out of the classrooms, but starting in the 90s, they started squeezing him out of the courtrooms as they removed the Ten Commandments. He's out of workrooms and break rooms. Why? Because you can't talk about him on your job anymore. He's out of the newsrooms because that's just not good for the ratings anymore. And he's even being squeezed out of living rooms as entertainment is filling that room with secular agendas are being forced down our throats on commercials and programs and even new Hallmark and Lifetime movies. And now here we are. He is being squeezed out of the rooms. And just as we cannot believe that the innkeeper did not have room for 
for Jesus. How often are we just like him and we adapt to the culture of a nation rather than to the rather than to the culture of the kingdom that we talked about? And oh God, I pray today that we make room for you by taking back the rooms of this world in our lives. Can I get an amen today? Ritz crackers. Commercial. What? Lifetime. Hallmark. National television shows are shoving secular agendas into our living room. But we can't make room for Jesus. And while there was no room for them in the end, there were other issues that were going on during this time in the Bible that we can relate to right now today. The issue that was interrupting the celebration of the newborn king was what we would call the issue of familiarity or tradition. When Herod was approached with the news of a new king being born, he called in his team to get all the facts. He called in the scholars. He called in the wise men. He called in all of the people who had been hearing these prophecies and dissecting these prophecies for hundreds of years. He called in those who have just been studying the birth of this, quote, newborn king that was coming. And when they were called in, they responded to him, yes, a baby is born in Bethlehem. They knew the story. They knew that a baby was coming. They had been waiting for it for years and for years. They had such great knowledge of the narrative. They could quote it. They knew all about it. But when it came to pass, they had so much knowledge about it. They were so familiar with the stories and prophecies, yet they did not care enough to go check it out for themselves. They were so full of knowledge, but they would not e he would not even go check it out for himself. They wouldn't go the distance for what they had been hearing about for years. They would not go the distance. They would not leave where they were at and go to Bethlehem. Do you want to know the, what the distance is between Bethlehem and Jerusalem? It's about five miles. He would not go five miles to go check out this baby for himself. He had heard the story, but he was not willing to go the distance for it. They would not go five miles to check it out because they had become so familiar with the story that when it happened they were so unimpressed with it. They were so unimpressed with it. They had heard it for years but when the miracle came they missed the mag they, 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 they missed it. They, 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 they missed the moment because they were so caught up with information but they were not willing to be a seeker like we talked about last week. The thing that they had been debating about was not even even worth the distance of five miles. And now today, we find ourselves not only like the innkeeper, 
But we find ourselves like great scholars sometimes. We have heard the story for years. We have acted out the manger scene since we were in children's church. We have done all of these things. We sing the carols. We know the story. And now the manger has just become a little declaration. And now the virgin birth has lost its miraculous power. And now like the biblical scholars, we sit around the table and or in modern times, we post about religious views and political views but we are not willing to go the distance to defend our very own beliefs and this Christmas God is calling to the church to stop being so familiar with the birth story that we no longer weep over the very miracle over that it that it is it's become such a story that it's lost the miraculous power it was a virgin birth To stop being so wrapped up in the traditions that we no longer stand astounded over the prophecy that was being fulfilled. See, there are traditions that are great, but when they start to diminish the miracle of Christmas, that's when, that's when, that's when they start to diminish the purpose. And that's when it's time to make a little room. See, they had been waiting for centuries to see the Messiah. Centuries. To witness Emmanuel. But as every year passed, they added more and more tradition. Last year we did one tree. Let's do three this year. Last year we did three. Now let's have one in every room this year. Sound familiar to some of y'all, don't it? Last year we did this. This year let's do this. Every year that passed, it was so familiar that they just kept filling it with more and more and more traditions. Doesn't this sound so familiar? There are more traditions now than ever. And they're not all bad traditions. We have Rudolph. We have Frosty the Snowman. We have Elf on the Shelf. We have Reindeer Food. We've got Santa Tracks. We've got all of these things. And they're fun and they're great. But now people want to celebrate the holiday more than they want to celebrate the creator of that day and now here we are caught up in tradition that we have lost the miracle of Christmas and while we do all of these traditions so many people forget that real reason of it all the real reason not the tradition but the purpose is he said that I have sent in my son I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly the real reason is that the word needed to become flesh so it could dwell among us and be a sign unto us and it's all great but when the traditions and the familiarity starts to diminish the miracle when they they start to diminish the purpose it's time to make some room in our lives make room it's time to make room in our lives in our living room make room because you can fulfill all of the traditions you can have the you can be the best gift giver you can have the fanciest Christmas dinner. You can have the biggest tree on the block. Your lights can be covered with more lights. They can be the brightest, the brightest lights on the block, but yet you are still in the dark. But when you start to remember 
that for unto us a child has been born. Unto myself a son has been given. And the government of this baby that was born to us, government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. When you decide that you are going to stop debating and start going the distance, that's when you make room for him. Oh God, do not let us be a church that will not go the distance for you after you went the distance for us. Oh God, do not let us be people that just talks about it, but we go the distance for you. So while there was no room with the innkeeper, and the religious were caught up in tradition, someone else was having issues that impacted this Christmas story. As mentioned before, King Herod summoned all the religious leaders. He summoned all the wise people all of the scholars, but not only did the religious have the issues, King Herod had issues too. Read about him. He was afraid of everything. He was a paranoid man. He lived in fear. He was afraid of everything. He was afraid of his own plans. He was afraid that everything would invade with with, with his kingdom. He was so afraid that, that, that something was going to threaten his own kingdom. He was always looking over his shoulder. He was always checking his back because he was afraid that something was going to happen to him. Anyone that got close to him would not remain there for too long because his fear would cause him to do some crazy things that, that to those people who would, who would even get a little close to him. He, the word says that, that his wife, he had, he, um, he had his wife killed because he thought she was going to overthrow him. Yeah. Don't get any ideas. Afraid of his own wife. He had his sons killed because he was afraid they were going to take his seat one day. Afraid. And when he heard about this king that was being born out of fear, he sent out a decree decree that every child under the age of two must be killed. Fear. Now, we don't have this kind of fear over Christmas, but many do have the fear of, what if I open up my heart to Jesus this year? What if I live in a reckless abandonment? And I stop caring about what anybody else thinks of me. But I just get in the presence of the Lord. There is a fear. What if I say, the, what if, what if I, what if I say something to someone that's not politically correct when I'm trying to witness, when I'm trying to share the greatest gift? What, what happens if I say Merry Christmas and it's not politically correct anymore? What happens? This Christmas, make room for Jesus in the middle of your fears. Do not be afraid to lose tradition and pick up your purpose. Do not be afraid to remind people of the real true meaning of Christmas. Do not be afraid of what the Christmas miracle really is. But instead make room for Jesus make room for the purpose because when you get to the purpose that's when you start to see the miracle when you get to the purpose that's when you start to see the miracle 
Christmas is not about performances. Christmas is not about carols. Christmas is a time for miracles. I said Christmas is a time for miracles. And the birth story is to remind you that God does nothing ordinary. Everything that God does is extraordinary. The story is to remind you that whenever you make a little room, anything is possible with the Lord. Your life may look like a barn right now. Your family may look like a bunch of wild animals right now gathered on the farm. Some of you, a picture just appeared of a relative in your head. And they're coming to your house for Christmas. But guess what? In the middle of your zoo, in the middle of your crazy farm, is the perfect opportunity for a miracle from God. When I was, when we were, before we ever opened the doors and we were planning the church, I'll never forget it. People kept saying, there's no room for you here. Those words were spoken to my face. Rome don't need another church. There's no room for another church here. And a merry spirit came over me and said, you know what? I don't care what you think. Mary was carrying a gift that would change the world. And she was not going to let some little innskeeper that said, there's no room for you here. Abort that baby. And in that moment, that mama in her, I think she got a little perturbed. I think she got a little frustrated. Not only was she a mama, but she was a very pregnant mama. And you don't mess with very pregnant mamas that's been riding on a donkey. They've lived with donkeys long enough. But to have to ride a donkey into town to get to a place that says, sorry, you can't have your baby here. There's no room for you. I remember when somebody said that to me and I felt like Mary. And I said, no, 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 no. There is something inside of me, just like Mary, that can change somebody's life. And I don't know what I've got to do. But even if I've got to find me a little barn to get in, I'm going to get there and I'm going to push this thing out. And there is something inside of you today 
that some people have said there's there's no room for that here there's no room for that miracle here there's no room for your marriage to get back together there's no room for your for your lost daughter to come back no 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 there's no more room for that we have given her time and time again there's no more room for that there's no more room how many times have we how many times have we prayed over your addiction it's not there's no more room for that let me tell you something that the devil is a liar and the Lord he's the God of miracles still today and if nobody has room for you find you a little barn and park yourself in and pray yourself through and push that thing out because there is something inside of you that God is dying to get out of you stand with me this morning God take us beyond the surface this Christmas my prayer for you is that God would take you beyond the surface. That you would make so much room in your spirit for Him. That you would just begin to make room for Him this morning. And as you make room for Him, He will make room for you. There's a miracle in the making this morning. One just for you. The Father is working right now. Your prayers have been heard. The answer is on the way. It may take you getting in a little barn all by yourself. But somewhere there's room for a miracle this morning. Would you just raise up your hands with me this morning? Let's sing this out today. Take me beyond the that's about to come back into the kingdom. 
I don't know him, God, but I feel like there's a husband that's about to come back to the kingdom because a praying wife has been making room, oh God. Lord, I'm believing, God, that a, that a, Lord, that a son or a daughter because a mama and a daddy's been making room in their life. They felt like they've been in the barn all by themselves pushing this thing out. God, but there's a Christmas miracle that's coming, oh God. A son and daughter is going to kneel before the cross, oh God. A son and daughter is going to recognize, Lord, that you did send your one and only son, that it did come to pass, that you are alive, that you are well, that it's not a fairy tale, but it's reality. And they need you today, oh God. All because of somebody else made a little room for you, God. God, I believe that somebody's finding healing today because they're making room for you. They're going beyond the surface. They're not just satisfied knocking on the door, but they're going through the door today. And they're making a little room for you today. And you're going to do something big in their life, God. I pray, Lord, over this next week, these next few weeks of Christmas, God, that you remind us of the miracle, that we don't get caught up in the lights, we don't get caught up in the gifts, God. God, but let us get caught up in the miracle again. Let us get caught up in the miracle of the manger again. Let us get caught up, God, in that little girl, Mary, who they said there's no room for you but she kept pushing and pushing until she gave birth to something that changed every person around her God God I pray that there's somebody in this room today that there's fire inside of their bones and it's dying to get out God let them push it out into this city oh God I pray for Legacy Church, oh God. I pray for the people who said there's no room. I pray for the people who said just there's no more room for a church. I pray for them today. And I pray, God, that you put something in Legacy's womb. God, that we push this thing out, God, before the new year. And it changes lives. It changes communities. And it brings miracles into reality today, oh God. Take us beyond, oh God. Take us beyond. Take us beyond. Take us beyond. God, I thank you for your presence today. I thank you for every person that is here today and for what you were going to do in their life. Amen and amen. Can we just put our hands together today and thank God for his goodness? Thank you for listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. For more information, visit LegacyChurchRome.org.